Amen. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. How are you doing? Good. I was thinking it's hot in here, but apparently it's really, really hot outside. So we're blessed to be in here. All nice and cosy and warm. We are in for an amazing this mor- service this morning, gathering this morning. An amazing morning, this morning. We are. You may be seated. Don't lose that expectation though. Sit on the edge of your seat. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're here for the first time at Activate Church, we would love to give you a special welcome this morning. We're not going to embarrass you. But church, how about you? Welcome our guests this morning. Great to have you with us and we pray that you enjoy the morning with us today. If you are here for the first time, we do have a lovely guest bag for you to pick up on your way out as you exit the building. As you exit out that way, there are some white gift bags on your right as you leave. So please pick one up if you haven't already done so. It's great to have you with us this morning. Well, shall we celebrate the birthdays and anniversaries? Has anyone down the very front had a birthday this past week? No? Anyone had a birthday this week? Come and, do you want to come and join me? Birthday this week, wedding anniversary, have chocolate. Happy birthday. Birthday. Happy birthday. No wedding anniversaries? Has been a lot though. And, And weddings too, which is exciting. So church, how about we stand together? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your loving goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hello, Winita. Nice to see you. highlight to you a couple of things that are coming up. This coming Wednesday, we've got something brand new. We have a Wednesday gathering commencing this Wednesday night. So since you're here today, I'm guessing that you can get to Sundays, no problem. But if you cannot get to, if you know people that can't make it to a Sunday gathering, then Wednesday night is for them. So we're doing this as a true two-month trial, Wednesday nights. See if this is going to fill a need for people that find struggle to get there on a Sunday. Wednesday is the option for them. So Wednesday night this week, let all your friends know, you know, if they're not currently going anywhere and you know you know that it's pretty tough for them on a Sunday to get anywhere, tell them about it. Wednesday night, we're gonna have a fantastic gathering right here most likely in the downstairs cafe through there. So that's going to be fantastic, isn't it? If you're not here on Wednesday, pray. Pray. Because it's going to be great. Pray that it 
Well, we know God will be here. Pray that he will do incredible things of the lives and the lives of people that will be here on a Wednesday. Girls' Day Out is coming up. Ladies, this is for you. If you are a female, it is especially for you. There is only one week left to register. Cornel, where are you? Are you here? Come running up, Cornel. Give Cornel a hand. Cornel is a significant key, 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 key figure in putting Girls' Day Out together, making it incredible, amazingly beautiful for you ladies. She's going to share some testimonies with you of from ladies that wrote down anonymously some testimonies from their day last year. Thanks, Cornel. Thanks, Jane. All right, just a few um, lovely, lovely testimonies from girls that were attending Girls' Day Out last year. Uh, we just wrote down what they said. Some of them said, great day, great speaker. Being great, been catching up with people and spending a day out with a focus on God and people. Another person said, great attention to detail. Always leave feeling encouraged. I can see by how treasured and loved your ladies are, how much you value people. The excellence and sophistication, of course, of everything is world class <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> Favorite things that one of the ladies said, the speakers, and being able to take notes to refer to after the event. Amazing food. I tell you, the food is fantastic. Great company. Meeting new people. Making connections. Another one. Another favorite thing, insight and wisdom from the speakers. We choose very carefully, um, especially Jan, on who we chose to speak. And it's, it's really, it's really a blessing. Delicious food, time to meet new people, chat with friends. You can see the friends, the food, it comes up in our boat. <laughs> Another one, teaching and fun is all mixed up and for an enjoyable day. Plenty of practical application for Christian living and wonderful food. Many of them wrote they love the decoration, just the general atmosphere of Girls' Day Out. It's unlike any other day. And... Um, something that I just also feel um, a lot of women would say well I'm so busy what about the kids what about the family the program sometimes you just have to take a day out put that oxygen mask on yourself because for you in order to be a good mum a good parent a good wife a good friend you sometimes just need to get filled yourself and able to fill others so take the day out because you're worth it, eh? Thank you, Cornel. <laughs> Wonderful. So, ladies, one week to register. You can do that at the hub if you like, or do that online. So up here, gdo.echurchevents.com. Check out the e-news. It's all in there. If you don't get the e-news, contact the office, and you can receive the e-news. Awesome. Activate groups are all happening. They're all underway. If you're not in an Activate group or a small group, then there will be one for you. Or you could start one as well. There are booklets in the foyer. So grab a booklet. If you're looking for a group to suit you, check out the booklet. And if you need help in finding a group to suit you, then please let us know. Sing out and we will endeavour to help you with that. Fantastic. Also, blokes. 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 
just with Ashley yelling out there about the food, and it is only for the girls' girls' day out. But blokes, I heard the breakfast yesterday morning was superb. Great morning for the blokes. And I hear there's another one coming up, 7th of May. So it's not all about the girls. The blokes have got their thing too. 7th of May, pop it in your diary now, blokes. I hear it's going to be quite a hot topic. I'm not too sure whether to say it. (laughs) Porn and pancakes, apparently. Okay, 7th of May, pop it in your diary. That will be an interesting morning. Fantastic. Is Rachel Davis here? Rachel, come running up the front. (laughs) Another runner. (laughs) Rachel's, oh, she's a professional runner, I reckon. What have you got to share with us? Oh, lots. Good morning, church. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm one of the co-leaders of the coffee groups uh, that are, one of the coffee groups that are held here at church. And tomorrow night, Monday, at 7:30, we're having a Sunday Monday. So I've just got a quick questionnaire. Put your hand up if you like ice cream. Oh, there's not many people that like ice cream. Keep your hand up if you are a mum, because tomorrow night at 7:30, this is for you. This is an a evening where you can come and connect with other mums. Uh, you can hear a little bit about the programs that are available through church and you get to eat yummy, yummy ice cream. Awesome. And it's free, apparently. Isn't that cool? Mums, ice cream, tomorrow night, 7.30. Rachel and her husband, Creston, also lead another group on a Friday night, which is spectacular. Sherrod and I got the privilege of joining them the other Friday night and it's incredible. How many kids were there? 22 kids, 22 kids with about 18 adults or whatever it was. Anyway, it was great, fantastic evening. Well, are you you still on the edge of your seat? Expectation, God is here where two and three are gathered. He is here where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Thank you, God, for freedom in this place. Thank you, God, for what you want to do in each of our lives today. Let's stand together. Oh, kids, how can I forget about the kids? As we stand together, the kids are going to go and have an incredible, amazing time. So are we. Have an incredible morning, kids. The dynamites are going out. (laughs) To my right. Dynamites, three and four-year-olds. All the rest up to intermediate age out this way. Bless you leaders, teachers, children. Bless you. Let's stand and let's worship. This morning when we started our gathering and Jan declared some truths over us, there's power in speaking it out and declaring it. And now as we continue in our, in our time of worship, I just really want to encourage you to, rather than just sing, declare these words over our lives, over the lives of our children and grandchildren, over our city. It's an awesome privilege to be in the presence of the Lord.
presence there is joy in your presence there is peace oh we love your presence love Psalm 134 says, Lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. It's an instruction. Lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. This morning, why don't we lift up holy hands in prayer? Come on, it's an instruction in the scripture. It's not about being an introvert, an extrovert, or anything else, it's about being obedient to God. I said, Holy Spirit, we want to go deeper in relationship with you. What's that mean? And he just said to me very, very clearly, it means going higher in praise. Higher in praise. So we lift our hands to you this morning in prayer. And we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We honour you in this place. We thank you for our nation. We thank you for our city. We lift every person in the city to you, Father. Let there be a revelation of the goodness of God in this city. Let there be a revelation in your church of the goodness of God. We thank you this morning for everything. You are good. You are good. You are good. 
my prayer this morning is that there will be a revelation of the kindness, of the goodness, of the peace, of the grace, of the mercy of God available for every person. Lord, that as we leave this place, we'll have the name Jesus on our lips. As we leave this place, goodness of God will be on our minds. And as we leave this place, there will be a revelation of the incredible love of our Father stirring in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd meet the needs of your people even now. In Jesus' name, where healing is required, where there's healing in the name of Jesus. Where solutions are required, release solutions in Jesus' name. Release courage where it's required in the name of Jesus.
Kui. Why don't you say hello to a couple of people around you while I get myself sorted here? Well, good morning. You're looking fine. Let me, just before I get going, show you this. This is a, a, the Hope Project booklet. It's going to be in everybody's letterboxes in the country, I think the week before Easter. So I'm just bringing your attention to it because, you know, your neighbours might come and start a spiritual conversation with you, and it would be quite good if you knew it was going to happen. Um, uh, so this is, this is book three of a three-book series, and um, really it's talking about the history of the gospel in New Zealand, it's talking about faith in Jesus Christ, and it's talking about our need for God, and when it arrives in your mailbox, have a read, it's a good, it's a good booklet, and um, you know, I encourage you, it's going to be in every mailbox in the country, so it would be a good thing to, to make yourself familiar with. This one's extra special, I reckon, because as I was reading through it, I opened it up and I got to the middle page and it's got written here, Nancy Wu's story. And um, Paul and Nancy Wu were in our church in Christchurch, just about as long as I can remember, Trevor. They must have come soon after you arrived, eh? And, um, and Paul was an elder in the Christchurch church. He was killed in the Christchurch earthquake. He was in the CTV building. And uh, he was a good friend of ours. And this is part of Nancy's story since then. So it was, I found that very encouraging to see. Anyway. Oh, I've written this down on my page, so I'm going to share it with you. No, I'm not going to share it. I'm going to tell you what to do. Is that all right? Brace yourselves. He's going to tell us what to do. When you leave, there's a board in the foyer, and you can write your name all over it on the paper for various things where we need people to help us make Sundays a great day and a great experience for people who come and gather together. So please don't be a spectator. If this is your family, write your name on the board and um, help out making Sundays great would be awesome. Well, I've just come off a great week. I've been touring the, all the Activate churches with Steve McCracken and um, we had a great week and God is doing good things in the Activate Churches. And um, one of the things that really thrilled my heart is because Activate Churches, we all run off the, the same, we've got the same vision, the same values, but our desire is that each church would look different according to its location, to minister into that location. And that really is happening. It's really unfolding. And um, we, we just had a great week together. So be encouraged. We're part of something very, very special. Well, we're going to the book of Ephesians, if you've got your Bible, chapter 4 carrying on in our series, and we are going to read from, 
I set your crook, Josh, sorry, it's from verse 1. From verse 1 through to verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 4. Father, I ask this morning that as we read your word, as we look into your word, there would be revelation here about who you are. That the lights would go on for each one of us and you would deposit something of yourself. You would deposit something fresh in each of our hearts, and each of our minds. Lord, that the end result is we would be that little bit more excited about our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. We've looked at that. You have been called by God. Make no mistake about it. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, and the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. You could unpack that for a few weeks. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when we try to sorry, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This morning I want to talk to you about the Ascension Ministries or the Fivefold Ministries as they're called and I want to explain to you really a little how these gifts from God work. And you need to understand from the start that ascension gifts are leadership gifts of people given to the church by God. It's not a gift that you operate in. An ascension ministry gift is a gift of a person 
to the church by God for the maturity and the building up of the church. In fact, that's the purpose it says in Scripture. It's for the purpose or the maturity of the church and also for the maturing of people so that they will do the work that God has given to them to do. It's a two-faceted thing. It's the church and it's the church. It's you and it's corporate. That we would do, become mature in God, be all he's called us to be, do what he's asked us to do, but also that you would do the specific work that he's given you to do. As the scripture said at the start there, you have been called. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. You have been called. You. Every one of us here has been called to a unique and special work in God that the other cannot do. Now, we've probably all heard of various leaders we may have experienced or heard of different leaders around the world who've really got this scripture out of context. In fact, they've probably used it to control and exploit the people that they're journeying with. But I want us to understand right from now that a good leader is a leader who protects, a leader who strengthens, a leader who releases and empowers toward maturity, not one who controls. And in any environment, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's church, business, sports or anything else, you will get people that are put into a position of authority and they take that as an invitation to control and to, to exploit. And sadly, it happens in the church as well. But it's not God's intention. God's intention is very, very clear. It's that leaders protect. It's that leaders strengthen. It's that leaders release and empower towards maturity in God. So despite what you may have experienced or heard, the intention of God is very, very clear. Of course, with every person and leaders, ultimate accountability is before God. God actually sets a higher bar for those he calls to be leaders in his church. It tells us that in scripture. It's a bit scary actually when you read it. And ultimate accountability at the end of the day is going to be before God. But can I encourage you that if you are part of a good movement or a good denomination, which you are here, we're part of Acts churches, there are sound accountability structures in place to make sure that Leaders stay on track, that leaders are looking after people that they are not exploiting, that they are not controlling, and I hope that puts a sense of security in you this morning. Acts Church is a great movement to be part of. Now, I want to read to you from, I think it's uh, verse 11, but I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I really love the way it words it. It says, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in faith, until we all experience the fullness of being one with the Son of God, and finally we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. 
And we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies that sound like the truth, only to pull us into their flock. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. Listen to this last sentence. It's beautiful. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. I love that. What is the actual purpose of the Ascension Ministries? That all of our direction and ministries would flow from Christ and that we would be led into deeper relationship with the Father. That is a liberating thought. Very liberating. So I've got two purposes this morning uh, with you. Number one, I want to point you towards the Father because that's, that is what we are aiming for all the time, that we will grow deeper in our love and our relationship with the Father. And God has provided provision within his church to help us along the way. No one can do it for you, but we can help. And secondly, I'm praying that you'll have an increase of understanding about God's ways as we look into these ascension ministries. Danny Silk wrote a great book called Culture of Honor. And in that book, he, um, he writes a little story almost to, to describe to us the functions of the ascension ministries. Now, like most descriptions, it, it's good, it's helpful, but it doesn't quite go far enough. But I want to share what he's written with you because it helps get your mind kind of working in the right direction. This is what he wrote. He wrote, I think I can best introduce the attributes of the fivefold ministries by describing what might happen if they all arrived together at the scene of a car accident. The pastor. The pastor is the first one out of the car. He scrambles to assess the situation and begins a triage approach in applying first aid to injured victims. He gathers blankets, jackets, water, and anything else he can find to try and comfort them. He surveys the situation to see if anything is threatening the safety both of those who are receiving care and those who have been drawn to the scene of the accident. He talks with each person to find out his or her name, marital status, and whether he or she has children. He gathers vital sign information and any available emergency contact information in order to help the emergency services response team when they arrive. He brings a sense of calm to the situation. And each person there feels a genuine feeling of care and connection to the pastor. He wonders whether he should have been a doctor. Then there's the teacher. The teacher is the next on the scene. He studies the situation in order to figure out what caused the accident. He steps back, notices the patterns of the skid marks and the distance each car moved before, the, before and after the impact, and estimates the speed of each car at the point of impact, drawing from his deep knowledge of the driver's manual and traffic laws. He develops a theory about who was at fault. His conclusion is that Overall, drivers need more training and would most likely benefit from mandate, mandatory classes and continuing education requirements. The evangelist. The evangelist arrives on the scene and asks everyone lying in a safe place 
sorry, arrives on the scene and asks everyone lying in a safe, comfortable place, thanks to the pastor, if you were to die as a result of your injuries, do you know where you'd go? Heaven or hell? He then notices that there is a large gathering of bystanders and people in their cars who have pulled over to watch. He begins to address the larger crowd with the same question. There are no guarantees that you'll make it home safely. Do you know where you would go? People give their hearts to the Lord right there on the side of the road. He explains to all these new believers that the greatest gift you can ever give to someone else is a gift of salvation. He trains them and leads others to, Christ, uh, to lead others to Christ and prays for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come upon them all. Afterwards, he says, this is great, and he decides to go purchase a police scanner when he gets back to town. The prophet. The prophet knew this was going to happen all along because he had a dream about it the previous night. Because everyone in the dream had survived the accident, he rebukes the spirit of death and declares with great faith and unction that all shall live and none shall die. He also proclaims that there are angels surrounding the scene of the accident and prays that the eyes of people's hearts will be opened to see in the spirit. Then he walks around and starts to call the destiny out in various people. He releases a spirit of revelation within the group. And finally, and quite naturally, he begins to ask around to find out who is in charge at the scene. When he discovers the one who is in charge, he discerns whether this is God's chosen leader or not. Or if he finds that no one is in charge, he will appoint a leader. The Apostle. The Apostle prays for the injured. He invites the supernatural healing touch of God into the scene. He begins to tell testimonies of when he has been on the scene of car accidents and witnessed the power of God manifest itself in those situations. The faith level of the people begins to rise. He then asks if, one can feel, if anyone can feel heat in his or her hands. He puts those who raise their hands to work praying for others to be healed. He demonstrates to all who are near that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He then opens a school for those who arrive at the car accident scenes and sends them all over the world to do signs and wonders. It's quite a good illustration. Like I say, it is limited, but it is quite good. At this point, I do, remember, I do feel to remind you, however, not to forget that the gifts of God are a means to an end. The gifts of God are a means to an end. And he spelled out what that is. And they are not for the office to be elevated. What am I saying? I'm saying apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. It's not about taking the office and elevating it. It's not. Uh, they're different because they're not a spiritual gift that you're operating in. The people themselves are a gift from God to the church. And so they're not something to set your fake focus on and say, you know, I'm going to do that as a career. That's not how it works. Actually, God has chosen the people and put them in place for his purposes of bringing the church to maturity and deepening the church's love for himself. And that's why they're there. But often we can see that the office is elevated and then it gets all out of whack 
If you think, and sadly, many people around the world set up the pyramid of control, God's intention is that that pyramid's actually completely up the other way. And these five ministries are there to serve the church, not to lord it over the church. And it's very important to remember that. Because otherwise, you know, you, you, I hear things. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. Well, actually, I was talking to a friend this week, and he went through Bible college with a guy, and the guy he was going through Bible college with had decided, it was in another movement, nothing to do with us, but had decided that actually being a, um, a, a minister was going to be a good career move for him. So they were in Bible college the first week, and the guy pulled out a shiny Bible that had never been opened, and he said with pride to my friend, I've never ever read this. That's not an essential minister. That's someone who's chasing a career. God appoints people to lead. My preferred illustration, and I want to park here for a minute, is the hand. And I was informed during the break by Pastor Rex Meehan that according to him, and he probably knows all things because he's quite wise, he's preaching tonight. Did we say that earlier? He didn't preach tonight. It'd be great. He informed me that the hand illustration first started with Doc Greenway. Doc Greenway was the minister of this church in the 50s? 50s? And Rex told me that he was driving to minister and he was praying, Lord, how on earth do I explain this um, complicated concept in a simple way? And apparently, according to Rex, thus saith Rex, he, he's probably right, he, um, he, Doc Greenway parked his car on the Kaimais overlooking the view and said, Lord, how on earth can I explain this concept with his hands on the steering wheel? And he looked down at his hand and revelation right there. And so Rex tells me that this illustration has gone around the world from there. How's that? And that's something none of us knew. Again, this illustration is a little limited, but I actually think it's the best illustration. Actually, hold up your left hands. Oh, what happened? I've died. Oh, I'm back. No, hang on, hang on. Oh, I'm back. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. I'll try and fix it. I'll, yeah, talk to your left hand just while I'm getting fixed. Talk to your left hand. 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 Keep talking to your left hand. Okay. Grab your left hand. Put your left hand up. Grab your thumb. Repeat after me. Ready? This little piggy went to the market. <laughs> I remember that from when I was a kid. Profit. Apostle! <laughs> Prophet! Evangelist! Pastor! Teacher! Great. Apostle! Prophet! Evangelist! Pastor! Teacher! 
I've got five G's for you. Again, it's limited. I haven't got time to explain the whole deal. Apostle. They govern in the kingdom of God. Not only do they govern, but they are about extending, impacting, or reclaiming the kingdom of God. Extending into a new area, into an area where things aren't happening at present, or reclaiming area that's been lost, and they are also asked to govern. The prophets are about guiding. They're surveying the kingdom. I like to think of it like a surveyor looking out across a piece of land. They can see the kingdom and they're kind of putting the pegs in that are guiding us. And if you're wandering and you're wandering too far left, you know, they'll be like, hey, just come back to the right a little. Come back to the right a little. It's the right place for you to be. Guiding, surveying in the kingdom. The evangelist is about gathering. I like to think of them as the marketing department of the kingdom. You know, they're making it the kingdom known. They're inviting people to turn their attention toward the kingdom. The pastor is about guarding the kingdom. Of course, the pastor, the, shep- the, the picture there is a shepherd. And, and many people wrongly think that the role of the shepherd is all about caring for the sheep. Primarily, the role of the shepherd is a leadership role. That involves caring and care in the kingdom. And then the teacher, they're about grounding, empowering us to thrive in the kingdom. Make sense? Five Gs, governing, guiding, gathering, guarding, grounding. The apostles and extending kingdom impact. The prophet is surveying the kingdom. The, the uh, evangelist is marketing the kingdom. The pastor is guarding the kingdom. Leadership, care. The teacher is grounding us in the kingdom. Another way of explaining it is like this, and um, I'm going to read from a book, The Spiritual Gifts by Timothy K. Williams. He says, The thumb, providing strength and holding the other five fingers together, represents the apostle, hold your thumb up, who provides leadership and is able to work with the other gifts and hold them together. The apostle is unique in their role because they can actually touch all the others. They're the only one that can. So they can, if necessary, step into the other roles when required. They can also assist, support, help, release the others. Thumb. The pointer finger, the finger we use to point for direction and emphasis, represents the prophet who points us to God's will and process. The middle finger... Very, very careful then. You can see my boys laughing. Why? Very careful. The middle finger, the longest finger, represents the evangelist who reaches outside the church and into the world. The ring finger, the finger we use to wear a ring that signifies a relationship, represents the pastor who is relationship orientated and desires to care for the people's needs. And the small finger that provides a base of support for balance and a foundation so that nothing can slip out of a grip represents a teacher who brings balance to the church through the word of God and does not allow truth to slip. Good, eh? 
So there, there's three different, hopefully you can get hold of one of those, three different explanations. My main point being that the purpose of these five gifts to the church, actually, I'll just let me back up for a minute. There's a significant difference between operating in the gift of and being an ascension ministry gift. And one of the ways, one of the primary ways that you can tell the difference, let me pick on the evangelists for a minute, is that someone who's operating in the gift of evangelism may see a lot of people come to Christ. Someone who is an ascension ministry evangelist will equip the church to see people come to Christ and they will leave something of the spirit, a seed of the spirit of evangelism after them, which will keep going. You can prophesy, but it doesn't make you an ascension ministry prophet. The ascension ministry prophet is actually called to be more directive and to operate at a different level from the gift of prophecy. And when they come, they won't only prophesy into a situation. They'll prophesy wider, but they'll leave a spirit of prophecy that the fruit of it will continue in the church, leading the church to maturity. So there's quite different things here, which I haven't got time to go into. But the Ascension Ministries, remember, is not just someone operating in a gift. They are the gift of a person to the church. It's the easiest way to think of it. So what's the purpose of these fivefold gifts? It's about the maturity of the church. That's what the scripture says very clearly. They're given to the church for the maturity of the church. And it's said there in the scripture that maturity looks like the directions of our ministry flowing from Christ and leading people into a deeper relationship with the Father. That's what maturity looks like. That the direction of our ministry flows through Christ or from Christ and it's leading people into a greater revelation, greater love, deeper relationship with the Father. So, if you want to back the train up a little bit further, you could say the sole purpose of Ascension Ministries is relationship. It's relationship. It's about relationship with the church beyond and it's about relationship for each one of us with the Father relationship. I like to think of a mature relationship. I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually. And um, I think of it in regards to marriage relationship. The, the scriptures paint a beautiful picture of natural marriage being like our relationship with God and the church with God. And I, I think Jen and I are going to be, in a few weeks' time, we will have been married 24 years. So we're getting a few miles on the clock now. And... Um, that sounded terrible. <laughs> Ray reckons I'm getting old. Rude. Anyway, um, I look at our marriage relationship and I look at the way that it's developed over the years, that we've developed over the years together. Some could use the word as we have matured over the years. And I look at some of the differences, you know, the way we relate to one another. I remember in the early days, um, if, if we were driving in the car and it was dead silent, it was like there was something wrong. So you filled the space with conversation and words, don't you? You talk, you build, yeah. But now, Jen and I can drive along in the car for an hour and not say a word to each other. And there's nothing wrong. We're just being together. It's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. 
I can go to Jan with a question and it would be wrong for me to assume her answer. But nine times out of ten, I know how she's going to answer the question before I even ask it now. Because I know who she is. It's not a mystery. She'll surprise me now and again. But, but she's a lady. She's got that prerogative. But, but you know, nine times out of ten, I, I know how she's going to answer the question. And it's the same with our relationship with God. You know, sometimes my prayer life was just so full of words that I never stopped to listen. Where now, actually, I get far more kick out of listening than I do out of speaking. Both are important. Both are important. I can sit with God and say nothing and just be in his presence. And it's not like there's anything wrong. Where maybe a few years ago I would have been here going through my shopping list trying to get, you know, it changes. What's maturity look like? What's maturity in the faith look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like a deepening relationship with the Father. That's what it looks like. The rest is peripheral. It looks like a deepening relationship with the Father. And God, in his wisdom, has given these five ascension ministries to the church to help us deepen in our relationship with the Father. That's pretty cool. Wonder if God's up to anything? Nothing's happening in my world? Actually, I had a revelation on this during the week, um, Ephesians 3.20. You know, nothing is impossible for God. So to do nothing is impossible for God. Quite good, eh? Whether you can see it happening or not. Nothing is impossible for God. Yeah, nothing's impossible for God, but so is nothing. I like that. That, that kept me going for a whole day. I was just like, far out. This is good. Some people do drugs to get that kind of kick. Just, just read the Bible. It's like, far out. Nothing. So God in his wisdom has given these gifts of people to help shift his church to maturity. What's maturity look like? Everything we do flows from Christ, wherever we never be like Jesus. See, it's biblical. I'm deepening in love with the Father, my relationship with the Father all of the time. Let me pray. Actually, before I pray, I want to ask you two questions, and then I'll pray. First question, how is your relationship with the Father? How is your relationship with the Father? That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why Jesus took the weight of a world's sin on his shoulders. That's why Jesus was raised up from the dead. That's why Jesus is alive and well. The right hand of the Father. All of that was so that you and I can have a relationship with the Father. We come through Christ. It's the only way, he says. Through Christ to the Father. How is your relationship with the Father? Second question. What does maturity look like to you? This is one you can think on during the week. Does maturity look like doing, becoming, or being? You can think that over for a little while. Does maturity look like doing, becoming, or being. Father, I thank you 
that you've given gifts to the church. I thank you that you have put things in place so that we will thrive and not just survive this journey. Lord, my prayer for every one of us here is that there would be a greater revelation of the Father in our lives. There would be a greater revelation of what it is to be walking in relationship with Father God. What an incredible privilege. What an amazing, amazing thing to be able to say, I am in relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ who strengthens me by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, this morning I am asking for a revelation of love for your church, for every single one of us as individuals, that you drop a seed this morning, that whether I've said it or whether you've just dropped it, that something would take root this morning that would just expand our sense of awe, that would expand our sense of privilege of walking with you, the King of kings, the Lord of all lords. I've been in relationship with our Father in heaven. I'm asking that that would be a supernatural transaction this morning in the name of Jesus. I had the privilege during the week of going to Elsie's farewell, transition service, her funeral. And it's um, Sue's mum. And it was, a, it was a beautiful service. Pastor Ray led the service, did a great job. It was a very fitting farewell for a, a lovely woman. And Katie was speaking and she reminded me of the question that I ask quite often. If you didn't make it home today, where would you spend eternity? Heaven? Hell? Or you don't know. And I think it's a great question to ask when we're talking about relationship with the Father because, you see, you could say to me, well, that's a very, very religious question, Sheridan. You could say that. You could say that it's a pressure question. Crikey, you're putting the heat on me this morning. I've got to answer a question about that, about all eternity. You could say that. You could say it's a very scary question. Too right, it's a scary question because life's like this. Eternity lasts forever. And what's your eternity look like? Does it look like heaven? Does it look like hell? Or have you not got a clue? Because that goes in the H-box. But this morning, that is actually a question of relationship. It's not pressure. It's not religious. It's, it is scary. But it's, it's a relationship question. Because it's saying, if you've got a revelation of the Father, have you come into relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ the Son? The Bible tells us He is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and life. There is no other way. He is the doorway to relationship with the Father. Relationship with God is the only way to secure our eternal destiny. Paul says, if that's not the case, I feel more sorry for Christians than anyone on the planet. This is real. 
and relationship with God is real. Real. And our response to God, whether we want to walk with Him, whether we want to come into relationship with Him, dictates what our eternity looks like. We can go, yes, God, I want to walk with you. I don't get it all, but I'm going to walk with you in this life. And He goes, welcome to eternity with me. Or we can go, God, look, I don't want anything to do with you. I can't get my head around it. don't understand it. not interested. I don't want anything to do with you. I'll do it my own way, thanks. And he goes, well, that's your prerogative. But can I just make really, really clear to you that your decision here stands there. And this morning he's saying to us, no matter where you're at, no matter what your history looks like, doesn't matter what you're doing last night, it doesn't matter where things are at this morning, he's saying, I give you the opportunity to choose me. I give you the opportunity to come through Jesus Christ and choose relationship with me. I put all these things in the church, these gifts of people to help you in the starting places saying, God, can I come into relationship with you? And that's why Jesus came. Because we go through Jesus to the Father. Always Jesus' intention that we go through him to the Father. It's always the Father's intention that we go through him to the Father. That's why I ask you, how's your relationship with the Father? Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, please? Because I'm going to ask you to respond to that question, and I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in a moment if you need to. If you need to say yes to Jesus today, you know, if your question to heaven, hell or maybe, was hell or maybe, neither of those are yes to Jesus. Scripture very, very clearly states that there's only one way to the Father, one way to, the Bible uses the term salvation, one way to eternal life, and that is through Jesus Christ. And if you've never invited Jesus into your world, if you've never said to Jesus, look, I give you my life. Today, I'm asking you to be my Savior and you to be my Lord. If you've never done that, then you've never come into relationship with the Father. And if you're not in relationship with the Father, you have a lost eternity before you. And so this morning, I'm giving you an invitation. I'm saying if you've never chosen Jesus, Choose him today. If you've chosen him, but for whatever reason you've backed up, backed out the door, come on, come through the door of Jesus again today. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you're saying, yesterday I choose Jesus. If you're uncertain, I'm not putting you under pressure, but I'm making a solid case. This is a relationship question. And if you can't say absolutely confidently, I am in relationship with God. Boy, I'm asking from the bottom of my heart today, take this opportunity to lift your hand in the air and say, yes, Jesus, I choose you. This morning, if you know you need to teach Jesus for the very first time, or you're stepping back up to the plate, can you lift your hand, please, just so I can acknowledge you? Thanks, man. I see your hand. That's awesome. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I've seen three people lift their hands so far. Fantastic. I'm just going to wait a couple of moments. 
seen three people lift their hands to Jesus this morning. Is there anybody else? Bible tells me that when one person gets right with Christ, the angels celebrate. I interpret that fairly loosely. I say all heaven breaks into a party. I think we should celebrate with these three people this morning. How about giving them the biggest hand? Fantastic. Fantastic. Wonderful. Can I ask you, I'm going to be down the front at the end and I would love to shake your hand. So if you responded to Jesus this morning, I'd love you to come down and just say hello. It'd be great to meet you. Let's pray. Father, we declare this morning that it's all about you. I thank you for making the way possible so that we can have relationship with you. Father, my desire is to go deeper and deeper in my relationship, my love for you. And to be honest, I haven't really got a clue what that looks like. But I'm going there. I thank you for taking me as far as you have. But oh, I desire more. Father, I desire that your church, that this part of your church, go deeper in their revelation of love, go deeper in the revelation of their Father. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would touch our lives, that you would spark something by your Spirit, that you would supernaturally journey us into what it is to be in the fullness of God, into what it is to be fully mature in Christ. And we embrace the journey. Help us wherever we are, whatever we're doing this week, to represent Jesus really well. And I pray that we, as we leave, would leave with an incredible sense of the peace of God on each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God and Sherrod a hand. As you heard before, Pastor Rex Meehan is speaking tonight at 6pm. So if you thought 6pm is for the young ones only, Pastor Rex and I will be here. It is not just for the young ones. It's going to be a great night tonight at 6pm. Pastor Rex speaking. Plus, don't forget girls, go and register for Girls Day Out. One week left to register. Also, the take-home question. Today, for all parents with children or intermediates or youth and whatever, the take-home question is, what is prayer? So we even heard a little bit on that today. So we should be able to have some good discussion with the family around that question this week. What is prayer? Don't say, go and ask your father, go and ask your mother. (laughs) Have some good discussion together around prayer and pray. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Thank you, church, for your giving. It is great to be purposed, isn't it? Purposed in our giving. So I thank you, church, for your giving. And God, I declare your blessing 
upon the tithes and the offerings. I declare your blessing upon the church, upon the givers. I thank you, God, that you bless us so that we can bless others. And so, God, I ask that you would multiply these finances, that we would be able to do so much more than turn the power on and uh, have a good time here, but that we would be able to reach out into our community with these finances, into our city, to the nation and the nations, that these finances would bring transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. There are giving cards in uh, the front of you on the seats. If you'd like to give by cash, there are envelopes uh, at the giving stations. The giving stations are on your left as you exit the building. Okay, I think I have covered everything. We're going to praise to finish. Isn't that good? It was a strong message coming through also about declaring Him, lifting Him higher than anything else that is going on. Incredibly powerful. So let's continue to do that now and into our week. God bless. Let's stand. Yeah, I invite you to stand to your feet. And as we leave this morning, let's declare that that victory has already been won, that we are free, and we are free indeed. Sing with me. We are free.